0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining us. That's uh, mighty kind of you to, <laughs> to pop in, to join Bonfire. the stream. How's it going?
2: Oh, uh, really poor way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, like it's... Uh, so, we had our first heat wave uh, this weekend. We should do a clap in because we're now in it. Is yeah, this wait, it now? So now we now, are in the, we in do, the okay, pod. Okay, all right. Now we're in the okay, pod. we can,
0: we can clap. Uh, chat, if you also would like, if you would like to clap with us, like if that would make you feel closer <laughs> to the Waypoint experience, like you can do this with us. I mean, it'll be, if you pull up, if you go to time.is, is. This chat. is the
1: most parasocial thing that Waypoint has ever Look, done is asking people I'm to clap just, with
0: us. This is, not, we haven't done this before. And so I'm just, you know, I feel like, no, we've done, we've done a clap live once or twice before for... I can't remember what for. Anyway, we're up. All right. Uh, I'm at time that is. All right. Um, me, I'm just
1: reducing. I'm reducing uh, Can Patrick.
2: you boost me a little bit? Because I have to keep my gain low today because that construction. You
1: are boosted to 200%. All right. Well, if it's still too low for chat, I might. Yeah, I will reduce I Patrick. I might boost and myself then, a little bit more. It's okay. Just I'll boost yourself, re- and Kato will figure it out. I'm, I'm reducing Patrick and I'll boost my whole computer. We're fine.
2: Yeah, Kato will figure it out. He will. He will.
0: Just, you, Rob, you know what? Boost as much as you'd like. There give we go. Kado, give Kato give a little audio treat. Kado doesn't like
2: it when it's too easy.
0: Yeah. Oh, just had to slap these files together and hit export. <laughs>
3: Ooh.
1: I didn't. Kado likes to get his hands in the meat of a file. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Uh, when do we? When do we want to clap?
2: Uh, uh, let's go on twenty-two. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's on. Oh wait, I'm looking
0: at the stream. <laughs> All right. Well, no, no, we are no, have to clap no, again. No, no. I thought I was on time. I am. I have no, time That is this in a different chat, but I was, I had the stream open. And I was
1: like, oh, I'm good. I'm here. And then it bit too late realized I was All watching right, well, a delayed stream. Well, uh, let's clap on 46. As Rob swivels around in his chair. I you. <laughs>
2: Uh, No, just had a roll of thunder.
1: Oh, a nice New York breeze just blew my bagel bag off my desk.
2: Only in New York, baby.
1: Only in New York, baby. Got my bagel bag. Got my cold, cold spring wind.
0: We do the clap, and then I would say one out of ten Kato comments. He will say, we don't need to do the clap.
1: We don't need to do the clap.
0: But then we do the clap because, like, Kato... It's nice that he's like, I'd be able to figure it out. It's good. I've got plenty. It's like, no, just. Well, and have it you nice notice third- no longer claps.
1: He doesn't. He doesn't. That motherfucker.
2: Well, no, so according to Kato, he puts a marker in the file. <laughs> he just does like a little shift M. Do you trust that he like, does that
0: every time? Oh, my God. Um, I. Do. How? I you do. do. Oh, let-
1: no, I do because I remember when Rob and I recorded a podcast in the office we did watch kato taking live notes for Uh, the edit hold
2: on ren did that experience make you trust kato more or less
1: you know what that's a that's a really good point because
2: the issue we ran into was that in the note-taking process (laughs) kato appeared to shut off the recording a couple times. times um, but I don't think that's what was happening. It was just like the ways that that software mm. sort of handled uh, live project files. Uh-huh. But it was like one of those things where you can do an alarming click in a rec- in recording software and it just looks like you killed everything. But then oh, you click fuck. somewhere else and nothing's disappeared. Anyway, point is extremely funny. Uh, should I do a normal podcast opening for this, or should we just get into it? No, let's just go. Yeah. Let's just, let's okay. just, okay. just lean so, into it.
1: Hey, let's go. Let's get in the kitchen. So
0: here's I guess the what episode is it? We should at least tell people what episode it is. Well, right? Which one is? there's been some
2: dispute between uh, Waypoint.gay and Kado of late. Really? <laughs> they've been yeah. fighting? They're fighting. I don't think they're talking, but it appears they've been one episode apart in their interpretation.
1: Per Waypoint. Waypoint.gay. load it up. 483. Because last yeah. numbered episode was 482, but the Inquisitor is hot. That's correct. Okay,
2: 483. The, fo- the folder he uploaded the, the other week, though, was like 481. Anyway, it all comes out in the wash.
0: Hmm. Um, so, yeah. What's your own? Oh, no, we 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 you, we you with a, like three different asides. Well, so the thing is, we had our first heat wave uh, yep. this this week. Is is the heat wave because of the weather outside or because of all the cooking that's happening? In, uh... mm-hmm. Separate aside. Hold on, oh. before you go further, did you eat the cookies? No. Thank Christ. Well, they would have been fine. Well,
2: well, the dough is still the dough is still, still chilled. Like it, it keeps. But I didn't want to bake it anyway because the heat wave, the aforementioned heat wave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so my building. Has a building wide heating cooling system that is mutually exclusive. It can be in heating mode or it can be in cooling mode. And it has to be, it's a building wide like flip that takes about a day to execute if everything goes well. This year, uh, as is frequently the case in this building, they went in to turn on the air conditioning and discovered that over the winter a fault had developed. And so on the first day, it was gonna be like north of eighty-five with a weekend like in the upper eighties, lower low nineties. They're like, we can't turn on the air conditioning. Good luck. <laughs> and so my apartment has not been below eighty-three degrees for about four days, but most of the weekend it was uh, like ninety-three
0: in my mm-hmm. in my apartment. Humid? So, yes or no? Ah. Uh, it's so I would say that's like, yes. a, that's like a big critical fact like for me I can stand you know like if it, like this like sort of like you know when you go to Vegas or something like that where like go to a desert where it's like hey oh man it's a 100 degrees like a, like 100 degree dry heat yeah it's you know you got to account for it but it doesn't really bother me it's like as the humidity you right. can it could be 70s and if it's if it's swampy humid It's just it's it's miserable, you know, in a totally different
1: way. Yeah, as someone who lives in in a coastal city that has been hitting seventy every once in a while the last few days, there was there was one day we recorded a podcast and it was a swampy seventy, and I was folks, I was gone. I was I have never gotten up from a recording and changed clothes faster. That was a fucking nightmare. Um, How swampy is it, Rob? Um, it's so it's like one of those things where like
2: sweating still helps like it's not one of those things where you're just like drenched in sweat and also now you're just like exactly as hot as before but just wet um <laughs> like a sa- like your own personal sauna suit right
0: <laughs> just not in a cool that's how
1: i was playing. that's how Both i was last I podcast notice, recording. like
2: midway through this weekend we were like you know though our, our hips and backs and neck feel great like oh so you're, get, you're getting
0: oh this is why people move to florida in arizona literally mk <laughs> said that
2: exact thing where she was like you know i kind of understand why old people end up going down to florida because like as miserable as i am like there are some things that don't hurt that often do um incredible but yeah so it was like it was a like just unrelenting and so i spent the entire weekend um like in lizard mode, where like if you don't move, you can be comfortable. I love lizard just, mode. Just don't move.
0: Do you close your eyes in lizard mode? No, you can. No, you can like watch TV.
1: Do, do y'all you know can, about-
0: is, is playing a game like the the control is that exerting too much effort for
2: lizard mode? For me, it was. I couldn't handle by daylight. I could not handle the intellectual demands of Warhammer Chaos Gate. I was like, this is. This is far too spicy uh, (laughs) to play while while the sun is high in the sky.
1: I have a question. Is lizard mode accompanied by snake? Are you familiar with snake meal?
2: No. My
1: girlfriend sent me a post last night describing snake meal. This is a thing that now I'm going to describe an unhealthy baby. Snake
0: snake meal sounds like the sort of thing that a Silicon Valley tech bro is selling to me because he doesn't want to eat food anymore it's like, oh, so, actually, I've just converted to snake meal now
1: <laughs> so snake meal is a thing that I do when I'm not uh feeling great where instead of uh three meals a day uh I just do one big meal and then take a nap immediately afterwards and that meal is snake meal
2: okay I know where you're coming from yeah because the, the snake has a big old meal and then it has to digest that whole little like cartoon bump in in its uh like gullet
1: is that how bodies work no it's not don't do it okay. it's not good, good. yeah it is yeah, the product I'll, I'll of. Add that to the list. well hold it on
2: the... it's how snake bodies work
1: <laughs> you know what that's a like really if good you're point. a snake
2: listening to this and you hear ren not endorsing that hold on don't want to give you a snake <laughs> don't want to give you a snake eating disorder like <laughs> what is know, going you can't you can't ha- eat the you can't eat the mouse or the rat in like stages you just gotta no, you grow. have like, to if you're a snake, snake did a
1: snake write this if you're, if you're a snake listening to our podcast right now please do not listen to my advice about snakes.
0: look rob just wants his podcast to be as inclusive as possible and
1: that also means
0: specifically. uh yeah that
2: also hang means on people- i should be clear Well, hang on
1: no someone agree is for it technically MD? a
2: fursona if the animal doesn't have fur
1: green that's a scaly greenberg in the chat says uh if you can unhinge your jaw yes if you can unhinge your jaw don't listen to ren i can unhinge my jaw in this case i should not listen to me and this is why i do snake meal is because i can't unhinge my jaw on command
2: yeah so i would say um it was not a snake meal situation uh because one of the things that could like Okay, well, you can't you can't live the snake meal life if ice cream is your air conditioning, as it frequently was this 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 weekend, where I was like, I just like literally right now, there's a thing of mint chocolate chip ice cream, and that is the only thing that sounds like it will make life bearable for a few more minutes.
0: Um, but yeah, so yeah, I could what, I you should have just I, I did this during one humid stretch. Uh, I look, I'll the claim was for the children, but instead I just I just got out a sprinkler. I don't know if you have access to a hose. at at your building and then just put out a lawn chair and I just said, Hey kids, it's time to jump through the sprinkler. And it was just me like laying in the grass with a, with a lawn chair, with a beer covering it up as the, as, as the, the sprinkler would pass over me and just letting the sprinkler douse me every 45 seconds. Uh, yeah. So I, now the
2: other like so, MK played about twelve hours a day of Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so that she's was probably like,
0: past me at this point. Like, when are we going to do the Elden Ring dude, spoiler cast? When we well, just have to have finish MK it, on that one. and we're just going to M- have to have MK out at this point because MK <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna was gonna in places. We
2: do. MK was in places I've never seen, even on Twitter, killing monsters I've never heard of, uh, things that were significantly larger than anything I've seen. Um, Bro,
1: I know where I know where MK is
2: yeah uh so it was uh, i was just like every time i look up i'm just like okay well uh i am i am never going to be like also like watching her shotgun like 24 hours of like elden ring time and still like be deep in that game i'm like well i'm not beating that
1: no she's, one's beating it
0: played 24 hours of that still no in
1: one it. is ever beating it
0: well, Rob, Rob also named Demon Souls his game of the year and played like a fraction of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I might do that with Elden Ring. Elden, playing, if Elden Ring. If you played the same rocks. fraction of Demon Souls, uh, yes, uh, Elden but Elden except Ring, that, that it, it just de- ended up being so much more time in Elden yes, Ring. Yes, it would still be sixty hours. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so
1: I it pouring?
2: it's pouring. Thank God. I hope that's good.
0: I, I hope it is good that it is pouring. As Rob puts out a bucket to catch some drips in his...
1: I'll be honest. Um, I still haven't beat Elden Ring. Like, I... Well, also, in my defense, I got to Millennia... I haven't played since I got to Millennia.
0: Um, is is giving up on Elden Ring and not because you can't beat Millennia part of the no, story of your character? No,
1: I'm not. I didn't give up on Elden Ring. I've just been doing other shit,
0: Patrick. Uh, my okay. character I'm just has saying, a lot just, of other
2: stuff going on right now. Uh, my my character for my character is too busy reasons, experiencing
0: the the narrative resurgence god. of 2022 that I can't oh be
1: god. millennia. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> my
2: my character needed to balance the balance the books this weekend okay. and open a <laughs> savings account. Right. Uh, right. Anyway,
1: I played like a hundred hours of that game in in, a, in two weeks. It's such mm-hmm. a big game. I, I I had to take a break.
2: It's yeah, like, and also everything I'm saying is just like indicating. Why did I make a bandit? Why did I do that? Why did I do it again? Why did I do the same thing?
1: Why wouldn't you make a bandit?
2: I could just be out there, wreathed in magics.
1: Yeah, faith builds are so fun, and they made faith so fun. This has become a quick diatribe about Elden Ring. Elden Ring made faith so fun. Faith has been, like, fine in previous Souls games, but, like, Faith in Elden Ring is so fucking fun. You can do so much wacky shit with Faith. Oh, that game's interpretation of what the word Faith means? Incredible. It is delicious to see what that video game thinks the word Faith means. It's belief in something, that's for fucking sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, maybe before we get... To the mailbag, I do feel like this broke as we were um, recording on Thursday, but I feel like given the fact that this Sony's uh, Jim Ryan, like the email he sent about the ongoing fallout from the potential uh, Roe v. Wade shared the Supreme Court, and then did you read this Insomniac stuff this morning? No. Okay, uh, well, I guess, right, <laughs> if I send you a Bloomberg link, I guess I'll, be- yeah,
1: have you hit, hit your me. Bloomberg free limit? I, I don't think I've hit my Bloomberg free limit for the month. Uh, let's, all right, let Alright, let let's me send see.
0: you the first one.
2: Maybe she'll hit her Bloomberg limit break, uh, live on stream.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. This is, we, uh, hey, hey, Rob, we've reached yeah. my free article limit live on stream. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's still oh, showing the no, article. No, I know. I know. Oh, so I'm, this is it. Right, but I'm, this is it.
0: Okay. This
1: is the limit. We found the right, limit. Great. And I'm not going to break um, the limit. I'll be honest. I mean, I can put design cents in. It's,
0: it's funny because I've hit my free limit, so then I need to hit this weird extension i have so i can read the rest of the article oh it doesn't work it doesn't work on Bloomberg. all right uh so i'll just have to look at this through ren's <laughs> stream i mean the long and short of it is sony's like ceo who uh sent out uh, uh an email like the tldr was like look you know i realize everyone is pretty anxious about what's happening with so like this you know leaked Stuff from the Supreme Court. Um, but, uh, we just need to have empathy for people on both sides and differences of opinion. And that's the way forward as a company combined with, uh, as, as this highlighted by, uh, Ren here is that, uh, also including five detailed paragraphs about his two cats first birthday, which I should point out I have since heard <laughs> from the source. Like, this happens all the time. Not that it is always paired with, like, a monumentally, uh, like, ignorant and, and, like, weird message about the, like, the rights of his employees, but that he he sends out a lot of very strange emails about his animals, specifically these two cats.
1: There is nothing weird executives like to do more than send you an email about their weekend. I'm humanizing Mm -hmm. myself
3: mm-hmm i am mm-hmm.
1: looking at i'm humanizing myself by subjecting you to my fucking newsletter god it's so bad it's so bad i basically every company i've worked at has had at least one higher up executive who does this it is the funniest shit on earth to me it is so fucking funny
0: uh so yeah, so that did not go over well with Sony employees. Um, uh, especially when, you know, the, the counter to that is, uh, the n- most recent acquisition by Sony, Bungie, was one of the few studios in video games to like, not just issue, lots of companies issue statements. And then uh, there are, you know, Bungie was going at it harder by like, you know, adding back people who were giving them pushback on Twitter. Um, you know that's not the same as like lining up like internal HR benefits for people who may work remote and like would need financial assistance like cross states. I don't I don't know exactly where that's landed at Bungie, but like you know c- contrast that to uh you know the the summer of like the height of Black Lives Matter where boy every every company was just lining up to issue statements about racial justice and then this Roe v Wade stuff comes about and it's like this is a little sticky guys I don't know if we can say much about this and you've seen very little from the rest of the video game uh, industry to uh, respond with sort of the same level of intensity. And then you get this. So this is the second article this comes from. So the first one was Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. This yeah, is I like have it open already. At, Beat you. Yeah, over at Washington Post. The headline being, uh, after Roe v. Wade cat email gaffe, which is... You know what? That's a headline. Uh, Sony and Insomniac uh, plan donations, um, which is that... Uh Insomniac is going to uh, donate $50,000 to the Women's Reproductive Rights Assistance Project. Um, and I think to do, Sony's going to match the donation along with donations from individual Insomniac employees if they make them via the company's PlayStation CARES program. Um, the thing is, and with this headline sort of zooms past, and I think the most interesting stuff in here uh, is that Sony and Insomniac are not going to – tweet about what's happening. It's just sort of privately happening as a way of trying to do you know, most cynically I think viewed correctly is like damage control for like the fallout because you have a studio like Insomniac who has in the past um, been fairly outspoken. They put together, let me see if I can find the video. Um, they put the- a video about like, Im- like uh,
1: Insomniac the other thing to know while Patrick looks for this uh, video is that uh the PlayStation Cares program uh is just an internal company program and so also if you do a uh, donation to anti-abortion organizations Sony will also match your donations oh, hell there. Oh yeah,
0: that's look that mm, of course. I mean, they so uh, people are saying in
1: chat like shocked like they both sides the donation? Yes. Like yeah. I mean, I think I think I think like
0: this is not in defensive, yeah, but it's to like, not I think It like, opens the,
1: you up to litigation. Yes.
0: Well, not only that, and it's also just like, rather than having to, like, here's the list of approved corporate charities that you can donate to. Like, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I'm not saying it's immune from criticism, but I can also see, like, if you need, if you, to get it mashed requires you to get HR or whoever to sign off on the charity that you like. Um, that's not great either. Um, so we don't have to watch this video, but like, this is like a, you know, like a, a studio wide video of Insomniac. Uh, this is like, you know, 2017, like, you know, during like those really early scary months, there were a lot of scary months during the Trump administration, but as like a lot of that stuff was first rolling out, that's like, you're like, Hey, look at our studio. Like this is important to us. I'm not suggesting insomniac is like a perfectly run studio by any means. I have no idea. I've not done the reporting to back that up, but they're clearly like, kind of like Bungie in a position, like, look, we're going to stand by our employees and their values and we're going to externalize that. So it's understood by our audience. Um, and so this this Washington Post article continues on to say that um, that Insomniac wanted to do more and say more, and Sony basically told them no. So there's a quote from Ted Price, their CEO, who is in, in that video in bed is the, at the front there. He's been in Insomniac for, forever. Um, quote, uh, there would be material repercussions for us as a wholly owned subsidiary, Price wrote in response to a question about what would happen if Insomniac tweeted about the donation. Among other things, any progress we might make in helping change – uh at, at Sony Interactive Entertainment would be stopped dead in its tracks. We'd also probably be severely restricted from doing important public-facing work in the future. Um someone else asked about the bungee stuff, price rights, uh uh that uh, the, 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 uh oh maybe that's not here. Maybe that's something I heard separately. <laughs> uh so I won't I won't say that publicly. But basically the, the takeaway there is that um without getting into exactly what I heard is that Well, Bungie's not the acquisition hasn't finished yet. And that's like an important distinction on like who can do what and why would they be able to do it. Um, and and Price finishes here saying, as far as our freedom of speech goes, well, we do have a lot of autonomy and off and that often gets taken for granted. There are times where we need to acknowledge we're part of a larger organization. For the most part, ability to tweet has been unfettered. However, there are rare times where when we're in opposition, like this week, and Sony will have the final say. Which is a pretty demoralizing quote. (laughs)
2: It <sighs> sucks. I on ice. Is, sorry, I was just gonna. I was just wondering. Like, it also just feels to me, stepping back, like we have now entered the hedging against right wing takeover of U.S. politics stage of like mm-hmm. corporate response <laughs> to social justice.
0: They've uh, they've already built in the midterms into how their response which is like. Oh shit! I do you want to be. Do you see what happened at Disney in Florida? Like, does that do? Like, do you want that for us? Well, then let's just not. Which means, of not. course, like, adopting,
2: like, companies, you know, you, you brought out, like, the response to Black Lives Matter. Um, and I think, like, a lot of that is being driven by genuine conviction by people within these studios. Mm-hmm. But also, that was against a context of what appeared to be looming, like, liberal backlash against the Trump administration that, like, the Republicans were going to be waning in power. Uh, the opposite is didn't. true now, uh, but the flip side is like that means the accommodationist strategy does increasingly mean accommodating and muting criticism of a party's whose ideology increasingly like matches and encourages the ideology of the person who massacred people in Buffalo uh, this weekend. Like these juxtapositions are going to be uglier and more cynical more more patently cynical uh over the coming months and years because the both sides is going to be more and more horrific when you look at what one of those sides is saying to like its mainstream supporters um and taking the strategy is
0: just going to be grotesque I agree. Also, Jim Ryan, whether talking about abortion rights or um like old video games, dude, just 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 like shut the fuck up. He's very bad. He's very bad at the public speaking part. Just seems like he puts his foot in his mouth every single time he does. And maybe she just sometimes the best policy is just to <laughs> shut the fuck up Friday and just apply it to every day of the week. I think Jim Ryan should subscribe to that theory. <laughs>
2: I do, I I really do wonder, when did it become, like, advice to C-suite types to, like, do this kind of clunky self-humanization of, like, obviously, things are bad, we have concerns. (laughs) Also, let me show you pictures of my dog. Uh pay no attention to the vacation home. (laughs) Be
1: in the background of said dog. It's I mean like I think I think it happens because one that is how a certain like tier of class thinks how human interaction works. Right? Like that is that is how these motherfuckers think human interaction to a degree works, is you just like you just inflict yourself upon other people and that that is a that is a fucking gift. Um, one and two, like, I think that it may be a holdover from the like personality driven CEOs of like mm-hmm. the previous, like four decades uh, or three decades. Like I'm thinking about, um, a certain like era of Bill Gates, a certain like the like the tech CEO era, everyone wants to be the next like famous tech CEO, Right. Even if they're not in the tech industry, they want to be the next like Musk or like Bill Gates, regardless of Elon Musk is competent. He's not Um, Steve Jobs, like Bill. Everyone wants to be the next one of those who becomes like a public figure and exists as a personality. But also all of them are fucking uh, cardboard people. That's true. There's and this is an impulse.
2: So sorry, this is a non sequitur. I brought this up before.
1: (laughs) That's why everyone wants to be fucking Tony Stark, as you were saying.
2: Well, but it, it, the vanity actually extends beyond, I guess it's to a degree, just like the fact that lots of people, you give them access to any kind of platform, they're like, I could be entertaining. I was always obsessed with, Patrick, did you get the Alberts Jewelers commercials in your neck of the woods in Chicagoland?
0: I mean, like, yeah, like Jewel was you the Alberts. grocery store.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the ads were always... Who too this? long. kind of like, like ninety-second video spots of like the guy who ran Albert's Jewelers and his son, and it was like the term did not exist yet, but they were vlogs, and this was a regional jewelry store stain But the real, the real choice, the little chef kiss piece de resistance of of their ad campaign, they broadcast on cable TV their office Christmas party every year what yes they they blocked out like 90 minutes of like cable access airtime and broadcast their office christmas party did with, they have like a microphone stood up like so that you could chat with no, no. talk no. to like the audience no. shoot. it was no. like the cameras just just sweep, sweeping through the christmas party uh like while the owner chats people up
1: I'm trying to see <laughs> Sir, if I can Sir Driston,
0: find this. the OG Twitch stream, not well, wrong.
1: I mean, this is part of why, um, like companies are people are being forced to like some people are going back. It's it's the same thing. The same reason that CEOs send out these stupid emails, regardless of where you work, whether it be like a because like this happened when I worked at Starbucks too, um, like a year ago when I was working at Starbucks, um, we got this like same fucking shit. It's so annoying, um, and. It's the same reason that like people are going back into the office is because they want like these motherfuckers need to feel like important Mm -hmm. and like they have little guys who they like run around with and they have little people who work in their offices um, and that they do things. And so if they have that sense of personalization, those those little domains, their little fucking feudal holdings, then like they are happy and satisfied and think that everyone wants that because, again they are broken and don't understand how human interaction works
2: but yeah the fact like i it just it's so now that i think of it it does so clearly extend beyond wanting to be like bill gates at the very like the fortune 500 level it extends down to the guy running a regional car dealership being like yes. man people don't know how cool i am yeah
1: everyone yeah the other thing is that the office ruined american Mm. like office politics and like uh, american work polit, like work life for the preceding 20 fucking years um everyone wants to be the next michael scott um which like don't (laughs) don't do that the only people who are fun to work with the only people who will ever be fun to work with are people who are as fucking tired of your job as you are those are the only people who will ever be fun to work with. Like, Wait, so, you, so you're already tired of your job? <laughs> no, I said, no, I didn't say. I said, I was tired as you are. Like, that is so the thing. You need to Can you have be someone... as tired as Rob and I are? We're all in the same fucking zone. Like, there's a, there's a sliding mm. scale. Okay. Ah. There's a sliding scale. There's a, a pretty there's a, big sliding scale. It's a pretty big sliding. All right, well, fuck me, I guess. I'm just <laughs> The bitch who loves working at Starbucks is not fun to be on shift with, is what I'm trying I'm to say. You.
0: I'm with you. I'm not saying that can't, I'm just saying that it, uh, applying is universally true. Not sure. Not sure. But I agree with you, especially at <laughs> those kinds of jobs, right? I think that, I think specifically that, like, what, you, what you're speaking to, I agree with. Like, I felt that, you know, when I worked as a, you know, a, a grocery worker working at the AMC, like, yeah, it's- it's it's all a slog and so there is there is solidarity there amongst amongst your workers there i'm i'm, I'm with you
1: correct wall production sweeping
2: insane. generalization <laughs> window
1: shatters <laughs> some of the says, i wish that were true but all of my co-workers are so happy to share memes with each other and be office weirdos yes because they're aligned they're all in the same fucking tier so it makes
2: more sense if you understand that everyone like the spectrum of tiredness can extend to not tired at all. In which case you're all good, right? Like that like I am not tired. These people are also not tired. It's like cool, we're on the same page. When there is that like energy mismatch, it yes. can get a little bit like that like chipperness like i guess that's the thing happiness if you do not share the source of it becomes annoying chipperness i think is 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 one aspect of this where it's like i'm just i'm not even unhappy at work i'm just here to have a normal one and someone's like man another great day here at the (laughs) family-owned liquor store and i'm like i hope you get shot in a hold up (laughs) Sorry, I mean, I worked. Sorry, I had like I worked in a liquor store. I had no, those thoughts. Rob, we, all, I, we, we all know Rob, who we I hoped wouldn't make it out of the hold up,
1: Rob. I, Rob, I can
0: Christ, okay, we now we've had two back to back, extremely weird Look, and disconcerting comments? Degrees.
1: Wait, what was my weird and disconcerting comment? The idea that I'm as tired as you is that as weird and disconcerting as Rob's? No, it's not. Just no, 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 would no, fucking Rob, bropped? no,
0: no. No, I thought you had. A, I thought you had a shovel and you dug a little deep, and then Rob was just like, "I've got a jackhammer and I need to go twenty <laughs> foot See, that's, that's how I help.
1: I know I am not it's as tight.
2: Like, I swear to God, this is me. See, it's all the arrows and like shots being fired at Run, and I'm the brave soldier, <laughs> being like, "I I had coworkers I wish got shot and holed up."
1: <laughs> Listen, it's true. You do have coworkers who who you want to get fucking owned. It's true. God
2: look one of those one of those coworkers <laughs> erroneously accused multiple people of stealing like like as a bit n- no dude no like saw like you taking something off a shelf and setting it aside so you could like buy it at like close of, close of till it would be like saw them shoplifting now to be clear Shoplifting was rampant at that place.
1: <laughs> what is but she something? was always on the wrong track. <laughs> one, always on the wrong... Because those people always are on the wrong fucking track. But The, the second anyone's mad about shoplifting, you're not mad at the right people for shoplifting. One. Two, steal from your job. <laughs> like, as long as... Like, if, like, don't get fired. Like, okay, don't steal from your job to a getting fired for it degree. But, like... Hold on,
2: if you're getting... You steal it from your job, and you're getting fired for it. That might also mean you got caught. I don't recommend that either. <laughs> I'm like, hey, if I, were co- if I were committing a crime, I would simply commit the perfect one and never
1: pay for it. Don't steal, steal money furi- from your job. You're
0: furiously checking Vice's union
1: like, Don't contract. steal what money from say? your job. That is how you get caught. Do not steal money from your job. Take extra drinks on your... If you were going to fucking food service, take extra drinks on your shift.
2: Anyway, Patrick,
0: we got live questions coming in, right? We do. Okay, I'm going to send... the. Uh, tell me if this link works for the three of you. If you can pull up the responses. Are you able to see those now? There's like summary... Or the top yes. questions, responses. Okay, so if you... They don't all show it... Uh, oh, let's see. Yeah, you might have to like... What is it? Cap? What does this other thing mean? I don't know. Anyway, I think we should all, we can all pick one. Uh, I think the, the idea is because we, I don't want to just show the raw questions in case someone was being a weirdo. This was an open response. I mean, they're probably fine, but I don't want to expose it raw, but I think, uh, we'll copy and paste the text and then like Ren can show it. Like she can just like paste it into a Google doc so people can see the question. Um, Rob, do you want to pick, do you want to start us off? Do you want to, we'll, we'll like just go, we'll go round robin. We'll all just pick one from here. So do you want to. You want to find one one here that you uh, that you like? Uh, let's see. <sighs> um, if you still want to submit one, if you go well, to my on. my my Twitter account, uh, you will see I, I tweeted out a form, and they can those you can keep sending those in. I think we have like links banned. I don't know if I can I can I paste a link. Nope, I don't want to paste that link because that's i do
2: shout out to the person who asked one for rob what's your favorite stars of the lid album and why is it avic laudanum (laughs) uh i i'm still really partial to the tired sounds of stars of the lid but uh it's it's all good um a couple months ago i was at a wedding where the best man read the groom steam playtime during his speech including the thousands of hours he'd spent in stellaris a game he doesn't like what's the most time you've spent on a game and you don't like and why Is that a Stellaris fan thing to do, by the way?
0: So, yeah. I I think. Game you don't like.
1: I think it was for. I mean, I've done review.
0: Yeah, those. I think. I feel like this has to be. Yeah. Like, like a choice you've made. Hold on.
1: No, I actually, if made. it's
2: two, I think we can do that. Cause what's like the most miserable fucking review experience you've ever had. And I can answer that straight off the bat.
1: Yeah. Do it. Okay. An cool.
2: unfinished Forex called, uh, legends of Pegasus. It was. <laughs> uncompletable. Like you could not make it out of the tutorial area because of like some things that were fucked up in the scripting. And I spent five days. Like a mime in an invisible box trying to figure out where the break, where the seam was to like sort of worm my way through into the main game. Couldn't be done. Uh, So like that was a 30 hours, some on a game that like literally had seven hours of broken play in it um, to rule out like any possibility that it would work. And then I had to file. Um, I think my review might want to be only one of the records of that game that like exists oh because God. it was delisted, and uh, the PRs who handled it uh, when they saw me like a few months later apologized profusely, and were like, <laughs> they were like, we swear to we swear to God, we saw a build of it working like a couple weeks before it went out. And then they push changes in the last update, and we do not know what happened or why that build was like why that review build was broken.
1: But I want to be clear, yes, I know my steam is up on stream on stream i'm I'm looking for games, as you're saying
2: yeah, but anyway, so that is that is my
0: most like most miserable review experience for sure i mean uh. Because I was looking through, like, my Steam list to see if I could find... It. And, not like, nothing comes out. Because, like, too many of these games are in an era where I was just picking what I wanted to play large. It's like anything that hits above, like, a 10-hour count. It's like, well, I chose to do that at a certain point. But I did, for the longest time, sim- similar to you, Rob, like, I, I this question gravitates me towards... Not, like, a single game that I played for a ridiculous number of hours, but the way I made... Money in college was that I got into, I like knew enough. I was doing some like features. Like there's some early features I did. You can find them like computer gaming world. That's where I did most of my like journalism writing, um, in, in college. But a lot of the, the work I did was reviewing games, but not good ones. And specifically, I didn't want to review the good ones. You had to like fight with other freelancers on staff people to like, to review a game like that. I just wanted quick, easy cash. And the, the way I got that was like, I'll just review the licensed games and because no one wanted to do them. They almost always were bad. The reviews weren't read by anyone. It was pure. This existed in an era of like GameSpy, GameSpot, IGN believing the way to success is to review everything. Right. And then you review everything and that's traffic. And so like, hey, we're Patrick, would you like to review like all this Harry Potter game like, okay, I only had to play it once, but because the articles were, so I would review, let's say the PS2 version, but the article, if the games were the same across Xbox and GameCube, let's say, and sometimes PC, they would just republish the review, change the like text to be like from PlayStation 2 to Xbox, or I'd write it platform agnostic. And like, let's say I made 150 on the review. Well, they would tack on 50 more dollars for each of the platforms for no additional work on my part. And so I would just play some of the worst stuff. And if I'm confessing things here, one or two times, I didn't even play the game. (laughs)
1: Just wrote a review. I mean, it turns oh it sometimes, sometimes, no, I can't, no, I was going to try and, I, Patrick, I was going to try and join you, I was going to try and stand with you in this moment, <laughs> I, I cannot. I thought, I, I thought cannot, on this podcast, Patrick, we
0: steal from our employers, and isn't the purest no, form of that no, agreeing good, to not Public
1: trust. Yeah, I didn't say it was, I didn't say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's Patches, That's <laughs> stealing from your own Journalistic integrity You didn't steal from your employee You stole from you Did I when nobody read that What was the
0: PS2i That was the webcam I reviewed a lot of those games if Fairly PS, certain If
1: a PS2i game is reviewed in the forest And no, <laughs> and no one reads it Does not make a sound
0: I've shattered Rob's conception of it me He's always looked at me as like a being of like Virtue and just he does what he says and turns out maybe he once God. or twice he turned in a review to GameSpy and sort of just read the back of the box
1: and <laughs> wrote 500 words about Honestly, that. actually, I, I will say, this is more an, of an indictment of the state of reviewing at the time than it is of Patrick. I've decided that Patrick, this is fine. Yeah, Everyone, Patrick's a man of his time. <laughs> <laughs> we have to judge him by the morals of his generation, first and, and if, foremost. Yeah, and, if,
0: and this new generation—if they were reviewing PS2 i games—would would, n- would, nev- would never, would never. They would, it give, it, they would give it. They would give it. They would give it the due it deserves. I, I, I'm. So, I think the time that this did occur, the reason it triggers a memory, is because I don't actually think I didn't play it, or we didn't try. The disc was scratched and my deadline. I didn't realize oh, okay. that. Yeah. no. no. And okay. so my deadline hits. Um, what can he do? The disc is scratched. Apologize to Phil Theobald. You were my editor at GameSpot. You used to work at Nintendo. You were a teacher for a while. Phil, I'm pretty sure I turned this review into you. I love you. Did a lot of early <laughs> work for me when I was getting started handing me stuff like this. And look, couldn't it just be a testament to my writing, even at an earlier age, that like just slides on through? And it's like, wow. Like, That's this- so true. This seems great. Like, thanks, Patrick. Like, God. put it on, put it into the system. And it, so I, I think the disc was scratched. I like kind of freaked out and was like, I think I can just, I think I can just bullshit this. Um, cause I just couldn't get it to run on, on my machine. And so I just, I just turned it in and was like, let hope, for, let's hope for the
1: best. I'm PS2 here's the I'll
0: try and look it up i th- i have, i'm trying to I'm unlocking parts of my memory to see if I can find this review i will I will make a valiant attempt to to do so
1: now here's the problem that I'm having right now mm-hmm. uh it's that I don't play bad video games <laughs> mm-hmm. that's kinda that's kind of my that's kind of my secret uh is that I don't play video games that i that I don't like um for extended periods of time uh and my reviewing career is recent enough where um I where I play video games uh that are like B tier but not like bad. Like if I had just picked my worst reviewing experience. It would probably be maybe disintegration, but also I didn't play that much of disintegration. Like that's the thing. Like I just like the reality is that, like I think, also think that reviews have changed to a significant degree. Where, like, I did not have to beat video games to review them. Um, I like Valorant. I like the video game Valorant. We believe you. And I like League of Legends. Okay, well, what about Overwatch? Okay, yeah, fine. You know what? I I did I did play a significant amount of Overwatch to a game I do not particularly like.
0: God, the game. I, so the I, the review I thought it was. I don't think it is. So I think I'm misremembering which game it was. I, I have, thought it was. so have a so positive this, this, article this, about League this of- review. This review lives. Oh um, um, I toy operation spy, but I don't think this is it. I thought this was it, but I don't think it is because this looks too specific. <laughs> unless, unless I, I unless I got enough from the screenshots. Uh, oh my god! I don't know possible Patrick Klopp November 11th
3: 2005 Anyway well, Game Spy
2: Review 2 stars poor Sorry game you should have had a better box <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank Your
2: pack you. shots should have
0: slapped harder Uh all right um Rand you want to pull do you want to pull a question
1: uh i can't pull i can't open the bucket because i my mm. my browser is on stream
0: ah okay all right well i will find one okay let's see um
1: <laughs> people asked what my most played game was what were on steam how do i find my most played games on steam
0: um you go did have we not so, done that bit with you no. We no, I guess not. Oh. Um so you go you, in Steam, go to the top, view my profile.
1: Yeah, it's my profile. Okay.
0: And then you go to all so then you've got a little lower below, like all recently played wish yes. list reviews. So click all recently played, and then click all games, and then you'll get your your rankings.
1: Some of these are gonna be thrown off by leaving the game open. Warframe is thrown mm-hmm. off by leaving the game open by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I got
0: several of those. Yeah. The the dig the, the says Steven with Saints Spielberg Row. Lucas Arts, 53 hours on record. I think not.
1: <laughs> uh same with Saints Row. Um No, Warframe's great. Let me be clear. I got to okay, listen, I will I will to let people know where I got in Warframe. Uh I got I got to the thing in Warframe. I got to the big twist um in Warframe. I have seen I have seen the part of the game that people always flip the fuck out about people are surprised about guilty gear that's interesting to me i I guess i don't talk about fighting games super often but i did get really into um guilty gear a few years ago not a few years ago like like this year um i turns out that's a really great introductory fighting game and i played a bunch of it um starbound this is a fake number half-life 2 that's a fake number so my top played games are guilty gear strive nuclear throne xcom 2 payday 2 Elden Ring, uh, Battletech, The Witcher Three. I don't play that I don't like really play video games that long. That is my that is my truth.
0: Like, um okay. Oh, I don't pour several hundred
1: hours into things, is what I was gonna say.
3: hmm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the only ones I have on here that on mine that are like that is like uh hundred twenty five hours into uh to PUBG was because of all the streaming we did. Not a, not a chance in the world I did any of that. Would have done any of that on my own. Okay, here's a question. This is a simple one. Which cleaning task are each of you best at?
1: I'm a former housekeeper. I love wiping surfaces and like magic erasing walls. If you give me a bucket, I've been so excited to get a bucket for my apartment. I keep forgetting to do it because I am lightly agoraphobic. Uh, and so I've been putting off going to the hardware store to get a bucket and a rag um, and some pine sole. Uh, cause I'm going to wipe every fucking inch of my apartment and I'm good. And I'm going to get a fucking, I'm going to get one of those little, little magic erasers. Oh, incredible. Incredible. That shit whips so much. Um, I also, uh, did either of you used to be housekeepers? Do you, either of you have a housekeeper? Uh,
2: I did a campus job where I was part of, uh, like the paint the the painting crew uh so there was a lot of like cleaning down walls and like doing housekeeping stuff uh in the gaps between semesters
1: yeah i i also was yeah so i was uh housekeeping at a university as well <clears throat> um boy if you want to if you want to see some gross shit become a housekeeper at a university if you want to see some heinous fucking shit um i would just like see I there was one apartment we went into that my coworkers had me clean where every single wall in the apartment was covered in beer like every single wall and I had to wipe down over the course of like like an entire day every single square inch of that apartment Uh, and that is where I developed my deep love of uh, cleaning and wiping down walls
0: uh I'm not the one that I feel the most confident in but I I Ron, I can't remember if we had this conversation on the podcast or not. I think it was pre-pod, and but I don't I don't know how much gets into this, so correct like I will I will not fully repeat this if it's been in the podcast before. But you and I had a uh, uh, a real moment of of bonding upon the realization that uh c- cleaning dishes and putting them away a delight putting like putting them into the dishwasher and like doing that process awesome putting them away a nightmare that you avoid at all costs and hope that someone else does it for yes, you yes i love um, washing a dish so much i really like washing dishes i have had like actual like i i enjoy so much like my wife's a great cook and like i actually get excited it's like not only from a the, here's something I can do to contribute, but just like I love popping in some headphones, listening to a podcast or some music, and like I've got 40 minutes, to like deal with these dishes, get the whole like kind of kitchen cleared up, it's like a very satisfying thing for me to do. But then I I spent so many years in San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, where I never had a dishwasher, and so I hand washed everything. And then the first time I had an encounter with a dishwasher was. Really, when I bought a house, I think maybe our last place in Chicago, which was like a decent condo that we were sub, subletting and uh, subleasing, uh, had one. But like, I remember this came up and like Rob and I were at E3 a couple of years, that last place that we, I think we had where I was like putting the dishes away. Cause that was, my, I was like even doing that around like my colleagues and he's like, you don't have to scrape all that. Like you can just put that in. Like dishwashers are good at that these days and it's like better for the environment. I was like, but I love, But I like doing that in like this. I enjoy I want to wash it off. And so I've had to like wean myself off that in my home where I'm paying for the water, trying to be more environmentally conscious is like I like cleaning everything off the plate. And then, yes, still maybe putting it into the dishwasher, but like having to like make peace with, hey, that should just be let it be a dirtier dish. But, like, it's taking away the thing that I enjoy doing, or at least I spend less time doing it as a result.
1: I, I, dish, I don't trust the dishwasher as far as I can throw them. That's the thing, is that I love I love a good uh, hand wash because I don't trust dishwashers. I don't fucking trust them. Do you have, like, a bad
0: experience?
1: Uh, a I've had dish, I have had family. I've, my family had, had a dishwasher in one of our houses. Um, like, one of the houses that I lived in growing up as a kid. Um, I think it was at my dad's house, um, was fucking awful. And it left dishes mm-hmm, disgusting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It left them fucking disgusting. And I would have to like take them out and I would have to wash them by hand before mm-hmm. I use anything. Everything fucking smelled. Everything had like residue on it. It was, it was, dis- it was awful. It was awful. I hate dishwashers. Don't fucking trust them.
0: They're pretty so, good these days.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've got an older one uh, that it does the thing where it's like, Hey, you know that residue you could have just wiped off in like a split second with a sponge? Well, I've baked it onto the dish now, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it will take a two-hour soak and then uh, several several tons of pressure uh, to remove it. Uh, so, like, I still i I don't trust dishwashers on that axis as much. But like, it's that that was my chore growing up, and like, it is still something that. I have a pretty decent instinct for like, what's going to actually get clean and what's not. But like my parents have a newer dishwasher and it is like, like when I'm, when I visit them, they're like, don't wipe that down. Just, just put it in. It'll be fine. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like, no dishwasher could get this this bowl that had raisin bran in it clean (laughs) no the dishwasher has not been invented that can handle the bran flake uh and it turns out that is now a solved problem and uh you you can trust that dishwasher i just i just can't um let's see
3: back to the back to the bucket yeah return we go all right
0: um SnowBear65, my mother has had a dishwasher in her home for nearly 20 years, has never used it to wash dishes. It's a pan and pot storage. That's incredible, that rules. Um, Wait, hold on. Crowbird writes, dishwashers are pretty good at cleaning keyboards. When I was younger, I had a stint working in the technology department of the high school I was attending. At the end of the semester, we'd unplug all the keyboards from the various computer labs and just toss them right in the commercial dishwashers.
3: That feels wrong. That's very...
1: That's a lot. Again, people are saying old keyboards didn't have logic boards and shit on them. Do not do that now. No, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I I think that is... It's but still I'm I, I, putting it into a, the a dishwasher is I, generally
1: that's, uh, how I wash my keycaps. As a side note, is I just get a little bowl and I fill it up with like soapy water and I let them soak for a little bit. I take them out and I hand I hand wipe down all my little keycaps.
3: <laughs> what is the best time of day?
2: So my answer. Would
0: be between 4.45 in the morning and 6.30 a.m. Is that when, like, you can do things? Like, that's when your brain... Or everything's silent? Everything is silent. Uh, You see,
2: like, the beautiful, like, pre-dawn light slowly come up. And if you live in a place with nice bakeries, usually, you can run out and get stuff fresh out of the oven... At like when they open at like six. And that's, that's what we live for.
1: Oh, are you talking about the secret bread? Secret bread? You're eating the secret bread? First the secret bread.
3: God damn.
0: Um. So I, I don't know if I have I, the answer that comes to mind because we're now entering that season is my favorite time of day is Fridays between four and seven in the summer but the early summer like when you're emerging out of the spring and like our neighborhood starts becoming alive and like people are just kind of wandering around and like at friday on like four is when people will just start like milling about and having beers and just like chatting with people and all the kids are out and you kind of just like wander around talking to people having drinks in people's garages like that is just starting to, like, happen now, probably before it gets too humid and then people want to go back inside again or not have, you know, their doors open as much and you get less of the milling about and you end up hanging out with just the people that you specifically hang out with. But that has started happening in the last week as the temperature has, like, ramped up out here, like, in a fucking rules. Like, it's so cool to just, like, go outside my door, grab a beer, like, my two kids follow behind me, and then we just, like, wander around talking to people before, like, we have to go back for dinner time, like – that is, like, my <laughs> ideal time. It's just, it's just so much fun.
1: That's really cute. Mm-hmm. That's adorable mm-hmm. for you. God, what, what is my favorite time? of day? This is a really hard question. Because, like... I know my least favorite times of day. Those I can identify. My least favorite time <laughs> of day... Um, <laughs> or my two least favorite times a day are the period of my day before I have gotten the energy to, because I don't go outside without like a full outfit. I don't have, I don't have lounge clothes. I'm not a lounge clothes person. I don't walk outside in lounge clothes. I exclusively have to be wearing like capital C clothes and an outfit. It is the, it is the hour and a half before I'm like awake enough to take a shower, put on a good outfit and then do my eyeliner. And then I have to, and then I get to go out and buy the food I need to live. Uh, And that hour and a half before where it's just like executive dysfunction city, awful, terrible, disgusting, repulsive. Unless I'm like actually like hyper fixated on writing and I just like write out 1500 words in two hours the second I wake up, which happens to me very frequently. Um, Or... 4 p.m. because that is when I have sleep attacks. I have my sleep attacks very consistently at 4 or 5 p.m., which is uh, like Rob and Patrick have seen every single day that they were uh, in New York. Uh, I had a sleep attack around the same time. Um, and was just immediately like, "Up, oh, well, Ren's fucked for the next 15 minutes uh, and would just have to like disappear for a minute. Um, I think my favorite time of day has to be between seven and 10 PM because seven and 10 PM is one where I have like the most energy to do things, whether it be like playing a video game with my friends or like going to a coffee shop slash bar and like having a beer and reading a book. Um, those are like, that is the ideal time of day for me. I also do like, I like being out at night, but I do not, like walking home at night, uh, and that is the and that is the uh, trade off that I have, um, because I also have a very strict sleep schedule, and so I don't get to be out as much at, at night as I like to, because um, I used to be a very nocturnal person, um, when my narcolepsy was unmedicated and I was not doing super great. I would stay up until like three a.m. because I didn't want to sleep, but I also really mm-hmm. liked the solitude of like the v- being able to just like vibe. In, the, in those hours, but I never get to have them anymore. 7 to 10 p.m.
3: That's a good answer.
0: Mm, let's see. What? Uh, hmm. Well, I can't answer this one with Kata. This is a good question, though. Maybe I'll save this for... Kata. If Dark Souls is a burger and Elden Ring is a pizza, what is King's Field?
2: I feel so, on some level it's a roast beef sandwich,
0: <laughs> just from what I've observed. <laughs> okay, uh, I superstring eight 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 saying a uh, uh, a calzone that's still that's in the roast beef sandwich zone. Calzone is a little bit of a little bit of everything, just a potato. Italian <laughs> beef, yes. Gundado Kingsfield is a calzone. It sounds way better than it is. Well. Is that game far more fun to play on stream because it keeps pushing you forward? Would I play that game on my own? Probably not. We'll get back to that game. I promise. I promise. All right, you got a um, real
2: question, Patrick?
3: That we can't yeah. just
0: hold off for Kato. It
3: is. Well, that
0: was the question.
2: What? Oh, I was I was saying, do you want to pick another?
0: Oh yeah 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 oh yeah sorry 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 I mis uh, misinterpreted. Uh, Um. Hmm. Okay. Power
3: tools or hand tools? Hand tools. (laughs) What is that shake? I want
0: for the podcast audience who's listening to this. Upon Ren's immediate answer to that of power tools, Rob, not even like a big shake. Was hand tools? Hand tools. Sorry, hand tools. And then Rob had a a very deliberate small shake.
2: I just think there's a lot of power tools that make jobs way easier to do Mm -hmm. at a level of quality um, without like having spent a lot of time mastering technique uh, as well as will let you get a hell of a lot more work done uh, if you have if you have a power tool.
1: So that's the thing. What do I enjoy using more hand tools? What is faster power tools? like what is what is more efficient and like, well, okay, better. like okay like me my a,
2: head goes to drill right like just sure. doing a hand drill as opposed to a power drill is right. just that is that Miserable. is absurd to me even yeah. as a matter of style and aesthetic
1: uh,
2: he, but it he, but that might be the only one where i have quite such a strong feeling
1: uh, yeah i think i think a hand drills it sucks um but like it generally I really like mechanical actions and doing mechanical actions like with my hands. And so like screwing something in by hand is very soothing for me. Uh, And I will actively if I'm like if I have to build five pieces of furniture in one night, right? I will use power tools. If I only have to build one piece of furniture and I want to put a podcast on, I will use hand tools and savor the experience because I think that they are extremely satisfying to use. And also like it feels good to like, sometimes you have to apply a great amount of force to an object. And I love the feeling of applying a great amount of force to an object, you know?
2: That's true. I can get with you there. I will also say this though. You can have a whole like constellation of saws, but if you got a bandsaw, like set up, you don't need most of those fuckers. I, fu- I <laughs> fucking hate band.
1: I have I told my bandsaw band story. Bandsaws,
2: table saws, saw saws, all my friends.
1: Have I told my bandsaw story on this podcast? Because I think I've told my bandsaw story I, I to told one to of me. you individually, but I've never told my bandsaw story. I think on recording. So when I was in high school, I was part of a, I was part of the, I was the president of a robotics team. And we had a workshop in our first year that was not actually fitted for a robotics team.
2: I know you're thinking, grizzly bandsaw story incoming. It is not.
1: It is not a grizzly band. No one gets hurt in this bandsaw story. Well, okay, because that is how most ba- bands.
2: I got a crazy bandsaw story. What you're about to hear, you do not want to hear. This is not one of those stories. Yeah,
1: this this bandsaw story ends with me being hurt, but not cut by a blade. Which honestly <laughs> makes it a stranger bandsaw story. Um, so um, we had a wood shop room with a wood blade. For a bandsaw. It is worth noting that aluminum can be cut by wood blades because the hardest wood is around the same hardness as um, aluminum. And so you can, you can use a wood blade to cut aluminum. You shouldn't. What you really shouldn't do is use a really old bandsaw with a ton of broken teeth To cut aluminum. So I was in um, the shop and I was cutting a piece of aluminum that was like an inch by like one inch by one inch, like hollow tube. Right. I'm pushing it through. It's taking a while. I, of course, have safety glasses on. I'm not an idiot. Um, And as I was going, um, I was like, this is taking forever to cut. Wow. Weird. Weird. This is taking a really long time. And I was like, hmm, also, this piece of aluminum is getting pretty warm. Huh. Weird. Why is this piece of aluminum getting so warm? And as I get like a quarter of like to three quarters of the way through, I'm like, oh, man, my fingers hurt really badly. I think I am burning my fingertips. (laughs) And then eventually it goes all the way through and I cut it and I turn off the machine and my engineering teacher walks over and picks up the piece of aluminum and goes, oh my fucking God, and throws it across the room into a sink and reveals that I wasn't really cutting the aluminum so much as the friction of the blade on the on the aluminum, uh, the like the nearly dull blade on the aluminum, was so high that it had heated up the contact point and had started actually, like, So much that they had started melting the aluminum more than actually cutting it. So when I looked at the piece, I was like, why is this so shaped? (laughs) And it was because the contact point had been, like, slightly melted. Um, And after that, we got a new bandsaw blade.
0: That's, I'm glad that's how that that story ends. I lost my fingerprints
1: for, like, a little bit there.
0: There's... In the multiverse, there's like every other version of that story is so much
1: worse. <laughs> Listen, it was fine. It was fine. Uh
0: huh. Uh-huh.
1: Patrick, hand tools or power tools?
0: Uh I use both. I, I mean, like it's it's for me. I li, you know as the person who puts together like most of the furniture and things like that. Um Sometimes you don't have a choice, right? Like if you're getting cheaper furniture, you can't, you like you can't even use. Like if I'm doing. You know the sort of like IKEA stuff for my kids. you can't even use power tools on that, and there so those are scenarios where I wish i look I'm looking at the six hundred screws that I have to go in to be to build this like to put my kids' clothes away. I wish I could use power tools on this, but I will break the furniture if I do. I guess maybe you could probably cheat and just be very careful about it, but I end up just doing it by hand like just to be safe and not wanting to purchase that furniture again um but i i find like the i think there's like the very satisfying about like doing a power tool to like drill something into a wall mm-hmm. like the way that kind of like punches through yeah. like i don't know like it feels very powerful i I like so i don't, I don't know that it's like an either or an or I, I think mostly it's i wish i could use the power tools more most of the circumstances in which i'm putting things together i am forced to do it by hand yeah. and wish i could wish i could use the power
1: I'm I'm curious. This might be a question only I don't know, Patrick, how much experience you have here. Do you Patrick, Rob, do you have a favorite shop tool? Um I mean I would have
2: considered the bandsaw a shop tool, though. Like yeah, no, to I, be... no, if
1: the bandsaw is your favorite, it's your favorite. I would consider the bandsaw a shop I tool. I think
2: the bandsaw is the one that I'm like. This is like, this justifies having the shop, right? Like, there's a lot of other things that, you know, with a sawhorse and such or a vice, like, I could yes. mimic. Like, I could get something similar. The bandsaw is the one where I'm like, okay, this is just in a different league than, like, for instance, like, table saw doesn't do what a bandsaw does. Yeah, um, that's true. So, like, I, I think for me it is the bandsaw.
1: I My favorite buy a significant margin is a mill i love Mm. a mill so fucking much i love a mill it is my favorite thing um including non-cnc mills like i will i'm talking about a hand milling machine not a cnc mill like i like cnc mills i think they're i think they're cool um however uh, I much prefer doing it by hand. I think it's extremely satisfying to do. My uh, grandfather worked in a machine shop and like used a mill um, for a really long time. and so I, I have a, a special fondness um, for using like hand milling machines.
0: Should we take a break? This is a podcast. Oh yes! Yeah. Shit, I forgot. <laughs> it's an hour. We're good. It's yeah. fine. Right? Like the fact that we're only fifteen minutes over. We don't have a Kato here. He keeps track of the forty-five us. minutes. So an hour is is cool. All right. Yeah. So we will we will take a quick break.
1: A card for a little bit and play a song. I'm you gonna
0: did. play Ocean. Are we actually taking a break? I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm Do you good. not want to?
1: Oh, we can no, go. No, this is okay. The commercials. Okay. This is
0: a, this is the cut to commercial. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I was gonna
1: play Ocean. I guess I'm not gonna play Ocean you can, anymore.
0: You can play Ocean at the yeah. end. Um. I like
1: play it. You're right.
0: All right, Rob. Your turn. Hmm. Uh.
2: Okay. So the you know what this is a me question. So apologies for the narcissism. <laughs> can Rob name something he has done with his new induction range that was better to do because of the upgrade? I feel like plenty of words have been spent diminishing his work as a river to his people, but I would love to hear at least one positive story about the stove of tomorrow.
0: You also need to uh, as an adjoiner to that. Uh, if you can give us any noise update. uh. uh so, yeah, so give me I'm just going whatever order you choose, but okay, I just w- so want to c- combine those. I two.
2: don't think there's a noise. On the other hand, is my dog sad when I use the induction range? <laughs> I can't tell. But it could also be that she's turned against her chicken kibble. And so what is making her sad is that it is dry chicken kibble and mm-hmm. not the fish kibble that she'd been really enjoying for a week there uh, as we were sort of trialing it for a full-time replacement. And we still had this bag of chicken kibble. And so like, is it the is it the range? or is it the fact that I'm running the range and I just put the food out and now she's furious that it's not the food she wanted. Very hard to say. Uh I will say that like so there's a huge stockpot that if I filled it up all the way, no noise. If I filled it up to a more reasonable amount for like quicker boiling, there was definitely a weird little like thrum uh to it that was that was kind of that was kind of odd. Um so I would say most things aren't making any sort of like appreciable noise, but uh, there's at least one pot that does make kind of a weird uh hum or buzz. Um, so as far as as far as the induction range and the new, the new oven, I think like so it was hot as hell in the apartment this week. And by the way, this is an ongoing issue with the with the apartment, and like one thing that informs a lot of the choices we make. Uh, like basically on, with the old oven, we would stop baking between like May and October. It was just it, like it would just heat up the house so much uh, that it was just pointless to do because it was it would just radiate so, so much heat. Uh, we would hardly cook during the height of summer because again, just like it would generate heat that this apartment sheds very very poorly. Um, the induction range, like it's one, of, it's hard to overstate how much it does not heat up your apartment. It is, it is truly weird, like, how you can have, like, a really hot pan and, like, be searing food, and the area around the, the range is, like, cool. The cooktop is cool. You would not, like, none of the things that, like, you associate with, like, cooking happening are, like, happening except for the fact that, like, the food is sizzling in the pan. It's really weird and very cool. <laughs> and so it means that, like, this weekend we we sort of – where we had to sort of go to – um. Doing sous vide and using the oven and the range uh, to try to avoid heating up the apartment too much worked really, really well. Uh, and another unexpected feature. Um, the, the oven has this thing called like infrared speed broil, which sounded like bullshit. It's like the broiler can put a sear, a rapid sear on food. Using its heating coils and some sort of, like, uh, directed IR heat. I do not understand this, and I did not really believe in it. But the idea is it's going to give you, like, a sear on things as if they were put, like, in a ripping hot pan, right, to get that Maillard reaction. Right. It worked. Like, it worked better than a torch I've used to, like apply like flame directly to food to create a sear worked better than that. Cause it's generating more heat uh, more evenly across the thing you're, you're searing. And so that was a thing where like taking uh like we had a thing, like a tray of breakfast sausages, putting that under the broiler, running the broiler for about like five minutes, like seared up the sausages as, as if we'd like put them in a ripping hot cast iron. Um hmm. It wasn't quite as good across. I'm not going to say it replaces that, but like I was shocked how well it did that like searing job because this sound this was the thing. This was the feature that I was like, this is the most snake oil thing that LG is selling with this with this device. And then I was like, well, shit, <laughs> that actually works. <laughs> it works fast.
3: That rules. I'm very happy for you. In your personal growth.
0: (sighs) Patrick, you Mm -hmm. got one? Working on it? I'm looking. I'm working on it. Um. (laughs) Any good movies out?
1: I just saw this movie Heat. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. Uh I saw it over the weekend. Uh turns out that one's really good. Um, I liked it a lot. Um made by some guy, Michael Mann. Never seen
0: heat. Never seen heat.
1: No, I'd never seen heat. I'm no no no, Patrick Sane. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought someone was me.
0: so when I was on an early episode of Manhunting for the horror adjacent was it the gate right that was the or was it what was it the the one i was on the keep the keep um and it was the um it made me realize as i went through the filmography that i had basically like seen like basically not nothing but if i haven't seen heat then i I, like i've seen collateral right like i I, like that's like probably the most recent man film i had seen but I, i had not seen heat and i i have wanted to use manhunting not to be on the heat podcast but just as an excuse to finally watch that film because i know they did like the fort the blu-ray transfer only a couple of couple of years back right does it even have a 4k release yet
2: there is a, a like every year i feel like they, so a 4k transfer came out in england i think early this year like late last year there's no 4k of heat here which is very mm-hmm. distressing um blu rays good but yeah no 4k that i know of Uh, There was just recently a 4K collateral, um, which I haven't checked out yet. But yeah, Um, Ren, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the bank robbers tactics as they attempted to make their escape after after being ambushed? I would
1: say (laughs) they did so bad. They're immediate. The bank robbers. Okay, (laughs) fucking the decision to be like, all right let's open fire directly into this crowd of civilians immediately, is astounding. It was an incredible L. The amount of unforced fucking errors that happened in the last, like, act of that movie is astounding to me. I mean, like, that is, like, the central conceit of of Heat, right? Like, that is the the fact that all of these people consistently make unforced errors in their life because they are completely incapable of, Of, like, having meaningful connections or caring about other people in a way that, like, doesn't cause people to be in great pain. Like, that is the central thesis. They will always make this this mistake. Watching, Watching Neil in the last hour of heat gets in the fucking car. Rob, when he's getting in the car and they're driving to the fucking plane and you watch his face twitch when he realizes that he is going to kill Wayne Grow. Yep. It is haunting. And it it's by the way, hunting. De Niro
2: and Pacino are operating in such different modes in that film. The film is renowned as like the first thing so, where they act opposite each other and like their counterparts. Not quite. Pacino is in like there's kind of two modes of late like career Pacino. It's like him playing it straight and like inhabiting mm-hmm. a character and then there's him playing this character as like Al Pacino. And that, I think, is the mode that Pacino is in, whereas like this is still a very like De Niro's in the character and like he's not overplaying at all.
1: Young De Niro looks so much like old Pacino that I spent the entire movie being like, oh, my God, why the fuck do I think that Robert De Niro is Al Pacino every time he's on screen? And it's because Robert, young Robert De Niro looks exactly fucking like Al Pacino um, and in his later years. Um, but, oh my God, it, that movie fucking owns. Yeah. I love watching a movie about some grimy boys doing crime. Like, give me a movie about some just, ooh, grimy men doing crimes. The other thing about that movie that I find really fascinating, this has become a quick dig- uh, quick di- digression into heat, because I didn't get to be on the podcast. Um, I find the class politics of that movie fucking fascinating podcast hasn't
0: happened yet
1: the heat one hasn't happened yet no
0: no they did they did the heat rough draft movie la uh you you haven't missed it i
1: haven't missed okay well i hey maybe do you you want to be on manhunting maybe let me be on manhunting for the heat episode because i think that that movie's class politics are really interesting or Mm -hmm. at the very least provide a really fascinating insight into what home ownership looks like in the 1990s and like, what it means to like what the housing market looks like in the nineteen nineties.
2: Uh, okay, quick aside. Yes, Michael Mann has an aversion to people ever. An- nobody <laughs> ever looks like they live in a real place in a Michael okay.
1: Mann movie. Got it, got it. That is useful for me to like, know. Michael Michael Mann's
2: very vision of domestic bliss is if you do not live in a stilt house overlooking an ocean or mountain canyons um you have no business being in a motion picture
1: (laughs) jesus christ i mean they're very pretty houses
2: they are they are and to be fair i guess you could say in 19 in the 1990s you're like it is reasonable to believe upper middle class people would have homes like this yes uh whereas now those like you see like if a cop lives in one of those houses in a modern movie you're like so when are we going to find out he's a bent cop
1: uh, yeah, I spent that entire movie trying to figure out what the fuck was happening with its class politics. I was I was fascinated because also like essentially the interesting thing is that like the film does not associate criminality with poverty in ways that I would traditionally expect. It kind of does with um, uh, Brandon, but otherwise it doesn't, and I find that extremely interesting to me.
2: I think mean, um, it it associates um, like the school prison parole prison pipeline with crime yes. like it's it's ve- like it sees structure God, in that way that um, threat yeah so i you know what after this i'm going to mail you my copy of thief uh so you can you can see some other uh politics of this um because yeah, I, I, I i think mean, i think you, I mean, if you dug if you dug heat you should really see thief um it's it's a great film and i think is man trying to be a little more explicit about like so what are the factors that lead people to choosing to become a career criminal um as opposed to you know besides it being fucking awesome which is man can't help but be like you know crime is bad and you have to associate with lots of terrible people but also it's so sick it's so awesome right and to be fair Val Kilmer it's mowing sick. down the entire LAPD is really cool.
1: It was sick. Except I was like, for when look fucking at him go. eight people got owned. I that is the not sick bit. There's so yeah, yeah, there's no,
2: I mean that's that's the thing, right? There's so many dead bystanders in the backgrounds of these <laughs> so shots. Bad. Like once they get into the, the park the um uh grocery store parking lot, oh my and god and you're like, oh, I they're just like massacring people at their jobs now. Like it's um,
1: not- <laughs> I do not want to think about it.
2: Yeah, but when there's like a platoon of police officers trying to screen off Wilshire Boulevard and Val Kilmer's like, let me solo them, that's good. <laughs> let me
1: solo her. God. Uh
2: yeah, no. Uh that's not yeah, the last the, good movie the, I saw. the Heat podcast has not happened. Uh so we can we can add you to the list. Um other and the last- good news, you missed the LA Takedown podcast.
1: I've, I heard that's good <laughs> news. Uh, after I was watching Heat with my friends, someone mentioned LA Takedown. Everyone's like, no! Actually, no, it was Kato yeah. told everyone about LA Takedown, and then they were like, well, thank God we didn't fucking watch that. LA
2: Takedown is, is very funny, uh, for, for, for sure, because it is the
0: bizarro universe of Heat. Uh,
2: Patrick, do you, do you have another question for us all?
0: Well, actually, I, I do have a movie. Oh. Um, uh, this is, I was looking at my letterbox where I try to keep tabs on that stuff. And so it's not, I watched this back in a- April. Um, it's a movie that came out last year. Pretty much nobody saw it, but, um, it's called Nine Days. Uh, stars Winston Duke, who's uh Mbaku in Black Panther. Um, he's also phenomenal in this. The, it's also got Benedict Wong, Tony Hale, Bill Skarsgård, like, Zazzy beats, like it's got a fucking stacked cast, and like nobody saw this film. The, the conceit of Nine Days is Winston Duke uh plays a character who uh like the mythology here, you kinda is a little wishy-washy, you kinda just gotta go with like the premise, is that he is an arbiter of souls. He is in sort of this way station in which a soul is created, but a soul does not get necessarily transferred to a body to live a life. And there are arbiters who meet these souls in this sort of like initial state and judge them on whether they are worthy of going to earth and experiencing life. And the, the pitch is that as a soul you do like experience life and emotions, but it's like some extremely dulled state. Like when you actually go to earth and experience life, life, it is like transformative and like on such a different level that as a soul, you can't understand what it is like to actually like live and feel those things. And so the movie is about Winston Duke interviewing and talking to like this like incredible slate of actors and trying to whittle down who he thinks should be able to inhabit a body oh on earth. He sits, he, um, he basically like sits in, he's got all this paperwork to like document like how he, like different, different people he sent to earth in the past. The movie without getting into. To spoilers is like a lot of the emotional hook of the movie is how he feels about those he's given a chance at life and how their lives play out. Um If you think this premise is interesting, I don't even want to actually introduce the emotional premise of the movie because I, I think it's worth discovering on, on your own. But he's like struggling with a choice he's made in the past and how that influences the choices he would make in the future um and it's just a it's a beautiful film of uh, about like life after life, and they think of too much about like the concepts they set up like they don't hold under scrutiny but that's like not the point of the right. film um and the fine like the final five minutes of this movie winston duke gives like one of the most amazing like singular performances in in a sequence i have seen in a decade it's a it's a really beautiful film uh that just like for some reason went completely under the radar, like not talked about, but it's it is it is really, really fucking.
1: Yeah, that ready. sounds excellent. I need to watch this.
2: Oh, so I forgot to, yeah. I I watched a
0: few things.
2: This to to beat the heat when I was in full lizard mode. Mm-hmm. Can't talk about this yet. I watched all of Severance in a weekend.
1: Oh my mm-hmm. god, I've, which told, I was I've been really told to watch Severance. On, but
2: I watched it. Um what I should have been more lukewarm on, but I'm not, because I am trash. I watched the last season of The Last Kingdom, which, you know, I had to figure out, is Uhtred, son of Uhtred, a.k.a. Utrid Ragnarsson, is he going to reclaim his ancestral uh, hold of uh, Bevanbur? And I was, it was really, it was
0: really nip and tuck there uh, for for a while. Um, his Last Kingdom, like, I've been... Am I seeing all these commercials when I watch the NBA playoffs, or am I seeing all these commercials for The Last Kingdom when I'm watching Better Call Saul? Well, you might the be seeing commercials app. for
2: Vikings as well, um, which is like there's a, there's another Viking there's another like Viking show, but Last Kingdom is
0: it has. Oh, I'm thinking of I think I'm thinking of Animal Kingdom. Is that a different drama? Yeah, very okay, but it's an it's. That is in its last season, I think. I keep seeing. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Keep going.
2: So so The Last Kingdom, it just had its fifth season go up on Netflix. And it's one of those things where I was like, I'll give this a shot. Who gives a shit? And it is consistently like it shouldn't be good. And yet it's relentlessly competent. And they just they, they replay this hook year after year and it works year after year. So basically the pitch for the show is. This, uh, like Saxon, uh, like the Saxon kid who is the heir to this, uh, like holding in, uh, Northumbria first season, the Viking invasion happens. The Vikings, uh, like kill his dad, his, 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 uh, land is seized and he is basically, uh, like taken in by this Viking leader, uh, Ragnar and raised as his son and becomes like you know he's sort of b- between two worlds his viking father is betrayed uh and killed and so he becomes like an orphan in this world and all he can do well are are two things uh fight and fuck and both these things become relevant over the course of uh, the series but he ends up falling into the service of uh Alfred of Wessex, who's, like, holding the last, uh, like, Saxon kingdom in the south south of England. And the thing they established in the first season is the dynamic that's going to go forever, which is that Uhtred has this, like, broader quest he wants to go on. He wants to, like, avenge the wrongs that have been done him and his family. But he has fallen in with this, like, really icy, manipulative, bloodless bastard of a king who also happens to be, like, relentlessly competent And it is their, like, toxic codependence that is the star of the show. Like, the way these two guys, like, push each other's limits and fuck with each other. And the way it just devastates everything in Uhtred's life. Every season, like, clockwork. It's like, Uhtred has a moment. is like, hey, maybe things are about to get better. Nope. The people you've pledged your life to are going to ruin it for you again. And everything's going to go to shit. And you would think five seasons of that, it's going to get tired, right? Somehow they keep pulling it out, including after the co-star dies, because Alfred dies historically. They're like, what if we just decided his son was just like him and we keep this dynamic going, except his son's a little bit shittier and Uhtred's a little more confident. And you're like, that shouldn't work. It does. It does. And so by, the, by this fifth season, I'm just like, you know what? Play the hits. This is great. I love it. Give me give me 10 hours of this shit like all in a row. Uh it's exactly what I need. I'm all in. And uh yeah, so that's how that's how I spent my weekend. Delightful. Yeah, that I w- sounds sick. Hey, early seasons pretty eh. Early seasons, I would say are misogynist in the way they tell stories that are like just sort of deeply misogynist by default. Later seasons there are more women entering the story with like a lot of agency and like becoming major characters and like uh, partners in crime for the ongoing adventures. But those early seasons, it's a lot of like, Oh no, Uhtred, somebody fucked with your girlfriend. And like that motivates a whole lot. The the series gets away from that. But uh, yeah, so that was me just, just shotgunning a totally decent, uh, ridiculous historical epic where people put on uh, awesome accents nonstop.
1: I don't remember the last TV show I watched. Oh, yes, I do. It was Halo. Fuck me. It was Halo. God damn it.
3: Does that count? Go before that. Last TV
1: show before Halo that I watched in full. Probably an anime. What was it? I have no fucking idea. I have legitimately no idea the last thing that like exists as a as a construct in my mind is Jujutsu kaisen but i am sure i've watched something after that um no absolutely zero idea what the last tv show i watched was
0: more people should watch our flag means death great show Ah, uh, robbie want to pick another one we can do a sure. couple more as we wind yeah. down hmm
1: Sorry, I'm being too conscious.
0: Contemplative Rob. Jesus. <laughs> like, Christ, how dude. long do I need to let this long pot? Kato, don't edit any of that out. Do not People, edit need a single People need to sit. People need to sit with that long, that long silence. Other? What? <laughs> what?
2: Oh, at Patrick, the bottom. At the bottom bar sheet, there's a thing that says other.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't understand. I don't understand what that means.
2: Hang on, I'm creating a new spreadsheet.
0: Okay. What? I guess there's like an overflow. It'll only show a, ma- a certain amount, but then you have to see that in a spreadsheet I as opposed to seeing it. And-
2: what? It opens it as an XML. Like an actual. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Oh, this is this is cursed. Okay. Uh, eh, fuck it. Yeah. What's the coldest temperature you've ever experienced?
1: Oh, well, the. I think this is actually two questions. What is the coldest you've ever felt and what is the coldest temperature you've ever experienced? Because those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Those are two wildly different things. I think for me it's probably negative four, negative five. So not too bad. This is hard. This is hard. Like, having
0: grown up in the Midwest, this is, like, a difficult thing to pinpoint. Because, like, like I've I've had, you know, like... Negative 30 days, I feel like. Yeah, like like, there was a stretch in Chicago seven years ago it was like three days where it was it was just generally advised to like they canceled school and everything because you could like you could be frostbitten within they don't want kids standing at uh the corner waiting for their school buses um because uh, frostbite frostbite could set in within like 10-15 minutes like it was that bitterly cold outside um that that week that that happened Uh, my wife was out of town and I think there was something I went to go get from the mail. Uh, and so this is the last apartment we had second, to last apartment we had in in Chicago. I can't remember, but it doesn't, regardless. Uh, and I was wearing like pajama wear. It was like early in the morning and I didn't have any socks on. I just had shoes on and At least there was a small stairwell to the front, to the front door. It wasn't just like I was leaving the apartment and going outside. Um, but I messed up the locks, like what I should be setting it to on. Uh oh. Like this is a door that when it shuts, it locks. Um, I never
2: want one of those. I'm like, if I want it locked, I will turn the deadbolt. I never want a door that locks automatically.
0: So, this, so this is the week in which this happens, uh, in which we, we are advised to not be. Anywhere near the outside. I, uh, at least am technically inside, but, um, cannot, I am in no condition to leave the apartment to go take care of anything because I cannot get back into the apartment. My phone is in there. I don't have any way of contacting anyone. Um, and the actual, like, uh, complex we are in did not house a lot of, other apartments it wasn't like i had okay i've got a hundred options of people to go find help there were three um and none of them were home uh and so uh in a real pickle uh not really sure not really worried about dying per se what are you wearing again just like sweatpants and a t-shirt and like bare feet. I, and I can't, I, there's no way for me to like leave to go address this. Um, and somehow someone else in the building also, they happen to lock themselves out of their car out in front. And I'm sitting there essentially sort of like resigned to the fact that, uh, so my wife, my wife wasn't out of town, but I was like, I'm just going to have to chill here until she gets home and then we'll just figure it out. Um, so it'd be a long slog of a day. <laughs> um And just turns out that there was someone locked out of their car. They came in, saw me, and I was like, hey, can I use your phone? I I need to get like a locksmith or talk to my wife to get a locksmith. And they're like, sure, like you can, here's my phone. Like, I'll, you know, I'm just going back to my apartment for a little bit. Um, and they let me come into their apartment, chill, but because it was a day that things were so poorly weather-wise, there was no locksmiths were available. Like they were just like, We're everyone is doing something. Like you you are not going to get someone to help you with your door for days, potentially. I'm like, Well, okay. Um, you know, and the thankfully I'm like the the very kind neighbors like, you know, you can hang out here as long as you need. Uh, like, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. That doesn't get me into my apartment. Um, and, uh, but then they re they were like, well, you know, I'm locked out of my car. I actually managed to get a locksmith that they're like, they specialize in like, that's how they advertise themselves. as like, you know, helping people get into their cars. And I'm like, uh, well, do you think you could just ask them if they could do the door? <laughs> and like, is that, is that, feel like that falls. into just hopefully a sp- similar specialty. And Turns out that it did, and that person, just out of the grandest of coincidences, was able to come in, and they didn't have to break the lock either. They were able to just, like, snap so it So were open. they Slim Jimming the car? I think so,
2: yeah. Okay, because yeah. I'm wondering, usually those things that auto lock are like like a button lock type thing, mm-hmm. and as I understand it, those are not too
0: hard to to overcome, I can't remember yeah so I think that's what they're doing for the car but like for like the yeah for the door lock it was like he had like a thing that like it kind of wedged in if I recall correctly and it just I mean he looked at me he's like there are two options here I'm going to use this tool and it's going to pop and we're going to get in or you're in for like a really expensive day (laughs) I was like okay I don't have an option here that was the one key we have and it's in that house let's pop it and fortunately it popped and we didn't have to like destroy the the door in the process. So uh, that is at least what I think of when I think of the cold. The cold. It was very cold outside, and I could not go outside to get help. But thankfully, I was able to get back into my.
1: apartment. That is the coldest temperature you've ever physically experienced. The coldest you've <laughs> yeah. ever felt.
0: Well, no, I feel like it's the most the most proximity I've had to the coldest I've ever. Felt. I've just i've I've been in like frostbite level weather it's just, i guess the cold does like i don't have, have a story except that like i grew eating? up in the midwest and so have it's just you like
1: felt frostbite level weather like have you felt frostbite level cold i guess is my is my, is my question like were you yes i just i just haven't feels.
0: developed it. frostbite as a result like I, I i know i you just learn having been around that weather enough it's like this is how how long you can be out safely if you actually need to do something and so yes i've experienced frostbite level weather without developing the frostbite part got it
2: rob Oh yeah, I mean it's uh similar sort of thing like when when I lived up in Wisconsin, I was like thirty miles south of Green Bay. I think we had a cold snap there that was like one of those record lows. I'm not sure if it was it was like as cold or colder than um like the cold snap we had in like the Chicago area in like nineteen ninety six or something around there um so Wisconsin had a cold snap like that, but nothing like that. Because those were usually days where it was like, actually, hold on. I need to back up. I forgot. We lost power to my family's house during a major cold snap uh, in, in Indiana. And so we had multiple days where we were heating the house uh, with a fireplace. And we could all just, like, hang out in the living room by the fireplace. Uh, and once we were out of sunlight, you're reading by firelight. um.
1: We yeah, we had that like-
2: we
0: had that happen a couple winters ago. Power went out in the middle of winter. Jessica, my oldest was I think it was that first winter. So she was like 4 or 5 months at the time. We did the first night at the house thinking it's all right. The, the house has been heated enough. We can put on the fireplace. We'll sleep downstairs. Like we're not in any we're not putting the child in any any danger and then hopefully the power will just come back tomorrow. Woke up the next day. Power had not come back. We gave it till around lunchtime and then just went to my to my mom's house. It's like we can't like we'd probably be OK doing a second night. But it was just like I, I we didn't want to chance anything with the with the child.
2: So we toughed it out. Um, and I will say like, I have fond memories of this because I remember when it was time to go to bed. Um, ironically, I think the fire ended up making the extremities of the house even colder because it was pulling air through. Uh, and so I remember this distinctly when I went into my bedroom, there wasn't like a hard frost on like the paint along the floor and ceilings, but like the room had kind of a weird glisten sheen to it, uh, because like there were little like crystals, uh, building up on some of the surfaces, uh, but... I will also say I have never felt cozy or sleeping in a bed like in my (laughs) life. I have never felt as like cozy and sleepy as like being under just like four comforters, blankets, everything, uh, and just sort of sleeping through the night like that. Uh, But this all stopped being fun when our power outage for a while there was like half the town was out of power. We were on one of those like small parts of the grid where like there's four houses on this on this part of the grid. And so nobody's going to prioritize sending a truck around to bring four houses online. Yep. And so we watched everyone around us get power back up like everyone's just like for them the blizzard over in like a day. And for us it was like five days jesus uh so that was that was rough um and yet still none of that to, to to ren's point none of that feels as cold in my memory as um when i was commuting to this company up in green bay uh sort of my last stop before being a freelancer i would drive up there really early and uh u.s 41 wisconsin is just this Expanse through like treeless flatland uh, between Appleton and Green Bay. And it was kind of an eerie drive because you would just see cars like people would slide off the road throughout that winter and just kind of abandon their car.
0: And nobody would come get it. I mean, those and kinds so- of roads were also when you would have blizzards that have like have high wind pickup, you'll just feel the car. Like, it almost feels like the car has just been pushed to the side by a couple of inches as, like, you're trying to navigate these, like, flatland farm areas in the dead of winter where there would be times where, like, my wife and I would just pull the car over. It's, like, it feels fucking dangerous to, like, to keep going. I can feel the car. The only reason I'm keeping it on the road is because I am, like, constantly micro-adjusting, like, the the steering wheel to keep it going forward.
2: But – the worst part of that, and this is the coldest I ever felt, was like on the mornings when I'd have to like get gas on the way up. And so like there is no place colder in my memory than like a truck stop on the side of 41 at like 6 in the morning uh, in Wisconsin in the dead of winter with like a stiff breeze blowing across. Because you'd be out there and everything just hurts to touch. Like the metal of the pump handle is just like agony to put your hand on uh even through a glove um and you just stand out there tanking up your car and for like you know those you know two three five minutes or whatever it was because again it's early in the morning too so your temperature is already kind of low you're not fully like awake and like limber yet and so it was just it was just unbearable for those five minutes It's
0: the coldest i've ever felt uh because it was just unreal how much it cut through you um I actually thought in the process of this to actually have, like, an actual answer, which is to, to the closest I've ever felt, which is that when I was, like, seven or eight, uh, we used to do this, and we only did it once. We called it Creek Wars, because there was this creek that ran down from where my family spent time in Wisconsin every summer, and this creek, which ran right into the lake, was so fucking cold. Like, just... Just icy to the touch, even in like the height of summer. It is just, once it gets into that lake, ah, boy, it's, you know, like a, like a warm bath, get into, get in that water, you're fine. But this creek is just unbelievably cold. And so one year, one summer with like three other friends, we got it into our heads that what if we had a competition and we were oh, small Jesus. enough that in this creek, we could, if you kind of scrunched yourself down, you could get up to neck height. Of, of the water and there's like kind of like sandy like rocks below that you could kind of yep. sit in. And so we all sat in this water and the competition was just <sighs> how long can you stay in this objectively freezing water um, and then who who can win? Um, uh, win? I did win at what cost um, uh, to the point of like scrambling my brain. Like we eventually, we abandoned the game because one of our friends looked like they were going to, like we thought we were there after to go to the hospital and they wouldn't get out. We're like, no, like, Hey, the game's not funny anymore. Like you look sickly. He gets out. I claim victory, but claiming victory was us taking our sickly looking friend down to where my parents were a block or two away. Them tr- asking me questions about what happened and realizing I couldn't give basic Answers. I could not answer, like what had happened. That I was asked to do basic math, could not give accurate responses. So then, because you,
2: you were trying to cover up what you'd done, or because your brain was fucking like my frozen. brain was
0: was was frozen. Um and uh yes, so basically yes, Uh I had a like mild version of hypothermia. Um and uh as someone in the chat points out, uh and like took me up to one of the houses. Like one of the weirdest sensations I've ever felt were like I was in hot water and could not feel it. Like Mm -hmm. just nothing. Like I know water was running over me. Could not, could not feel the the water. Um, and fortunately, like a good friend of ours up there is a nurse. She's like, he's fine. This, the, the, like the brain stuff is a early sign of like mild hypothermia. Like, but there's like, it'll be okay. Just warm him up in a shower. Give him a little bit, and like he'll be he'll be okay. And I I came out the other side. But um, uh, yeah. So that is the coldest I have ever felt. I won the game, but uh, you know, got a little just
1: a just that's a little an extremely as a story. <laughs> this this is pain to me. I my coldest I've ever felt was actually this year. Uh, I was getting a COVID test in New York. Uh, not even that cold. Uh, it was like twenty degrees out, um, but I was in twenty degree weather in weather inappropriate clothes for four hours straight, um, and I was in severe like my extremities were in severe pain because I don't have like good circulation. Um, and so I was in like extremely severe, like I was like, I was, I was starting to get confused and was in, it was in severe pain because I was outside for four consecutive hours waiting to get a COVID test. That, the thing that got me with that one was like, it wasn't that cold, but I was out in it for so long Mm -hmm. that it just starts, it just started to like shred me. Uh, and I was like wearing my standard like cargo pants and like, I was wearing a thick coat, but like my pants just weren't thick enough. Uh, and I started to like be in like very intense pain throughout like all of my extremities. It was a, it was a short story, but that is, that is mine.
0: No, but yeah, I think sometimes, you know, it is the cold is one of those things that you don't, you frequently don't feel it right away. Like the story that Rob tells, like being able to feel it right as you get out, like in front of a gas station, but usually it's more over time. You realize like, like me being in the Creek, like I'm fine. Like, but it's just, if your body is being disfigured by the cold, slowly, uh you don't quite realize exactly how you're responding to it until uh you've become messed up. Uh all right, well let's do one let's do one more. Um let's see. Wow. Is it possible to have a jigsaw puzzle as waypoint merch? I don't know, like, but that would be cool. I do what ask. it would be. I guess you could do that that art you know, that the that original. I just waypoint don't want to art.
2: glorify a character like that.
1: Oh what? Oh stupid. Oh oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. That was fucking dumb. Mm. Mm.
0: Okay. Would you rather never see dry land again, aka mm. a life spent at sea, <sighs> or never see the sky again, a life spent underground? Underground. I would choose the sea. So it because because so my, my initial impulse was Ren's underground. But then my thought is if I'm at sea, do I have a mega yacht? Like is do I essentially have a small city? Yeah, there were no constraints put on Let's, this. There were no like
1: Okay, well
0: But you could also have if you've seen, you know, the Fourth Matrix film, you could be underground and then have the technology to simulate the sky. So here's my thing, uh, and also you could still be in the water underground. Like you could have everything in theory. I am convinced I could
2: be happy on a forty-four gun frigate, um, and <laughs> I wouldn't course need course anything more than gun. that. Um, I would also say I like. Here is the thing: I am skeptical of the recirculated air underground. Yeah. I just don't buy that the lack of freshness no matter how good the scrubbers are no matter how like I just don't buy that mm. the lack of like natural breezes the lack of like truly fresh air that like tastes different I just don't buy that that would not slowly like break me no matter how good like the sky projection is the lighting etc I just don't buy it uh I think I think I would I would choose the sea because uh, I think it is like still being on the surface would be preferable uh, with all the with all the discomforts that would be coming with that.
1: Yeah, I also think it like I think Patrick makes a good point about like, how big is the boat? Because like your mm-hmm. ability to feel, well, hmm, you're more likely to get fucking owned in the sea. You are more likely to get to get your shit rocked by a wave than you are like, to die underground. Big wave will fucking end you. You will be gone. I gotta watch Not with Bottle me as world captain. <laughs> you know, what, Rob. That's a really good point.
2: You won't catch me being caught unawares by a following sea.
1: Oh my god!
0: Would we run out of Rob if I went on your boat? Would we run out of the ability to make drinks though? We'd Suck sail anywhere, Patrick.
1: But in this world, is you ever heard There's of a little no place land. called Margaritaville? There's no land. You yeah, don't is get the land to, gone? You don't get, get to play ocean. Go to it. You don't get to play. I mean, you're in the ocean, no, but you don't get none, to play no, ocean. No. Didn't say. Yes, it did. the can't pull into harbors. It I can't go ashore. It you can never see. But, it said never see. Never see dry land again. Yeah, it says, again. would you
0: rather never see? But I guess the question here is, by never see dry land again, does that mean literally eyesight or does it mean you just can't get on, like you can't, you can't step on it?
1: I think that you cannot see. You are in open ocean. You are in open ocean. That is what that means to me. Well, then
2: hold on. We are in two totally, like, because now both the question presupposes that we have some sort of underground, like, fully operational, life-sustaining habitat. Yes. Like we're in an underground arcology. Yes,
1: that is what it, this is Versus an ocean-going arcology. Well, how does this work in water world? I don't know. Hey, that movie doesn't go real good. for these guys. <laughs> Isn't that the whole thing is that it's not going very well.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't come without its challenges, but yeah, they have floating cities. Hmm.
2: So hold on. If it's if it is a question of, OK, so like the surface, like dry land on the surface, terra firma, as we know, it is not accessible Then I would probably say give me the natural caverns that we've like turned into giant greenhouses and like what like I would I that seems more feasible than doing all this stuff like (laughs) in the context of sailing on or surviving beneath the ocean.
1: God wait now someone is suggesting that is this is just China Medieval's the scar and I really like that book and this is maybe convincing me that book fucking rules. You ever seen this? Y'all ever read The Scar? Nope. By China Evil? That shit whips. It's about a bunch of uh, pirates. Pirates. Uh, who live in a city of boats tied together. Um, that is like a moving um, city. Uh, that just like kind of floats uh, across the ocean. Um, but they're also... Their whole thing as a society is that they fucking rule... At bringing people in because they're just like all fucked up weirdos who ended up in this place. And so it is like they're all pirates. Sure. But they're like weird knowledge pirates who love fucking libraries and have like the biggest library in the entire world um, exists on this like massive sky like this like massive ocean city. It's sick. Um, Also, the follow up book Iron Council is probably my favorite Uh, one of my favorite books. Iron Council is fucking brilliant. Um, It is like one of the best books about revolution and about like human beings that I've ever read. I fucking love Iron Council and people who don't like Iron Council and who like the other books are wrong. (laughs) They're fools. Iron Council is just as much a boss log trilogy as all the others. Their whole thing is that the genre is about subverting genre or the trilogy is about subverting genre. That's my take. Shout out to Iron Council. All right. It sound like fun books. Sorry, I got excited.
2: No, I'm like I'm, I didn't.
0: I didn't know about them. I think uh, I'm people are saying maybe the author is
1: canceled though. Did uh, uh, abuser? Uh, that would be news to me since I wrote a paper about him.
3: The, <sighs>
0: okay.
1: I wrote a, a final. Lunch. All right. Paper. We don't need to
3: go. We don't need to go. We, I, yeah, I, I, I can it's,
0: it's just Twitch chat. Okay. Yeah. All right. Acknowledged. Twitch chat. Uh, we don't need to go down that road without doing some research. Um, all right. Well, uh, Rob, why don't you, why don't you take us out? This was fun. I liked doing this. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so yeah,
2: that will, we'll call that a show. Uh, that, that's a wrap. If you want more from waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter. Waypoint. Obviously, if you're watching us live, you, you found us on, on Twitch. Uh, On Facebook and YouTube, we are Waypoint Vice. You can follow me at Rob Zachney on Twitter. Patrick, where can people follow you? Follow me at Patrick Klopik. Ren,
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven.
2: Uh, We're also going to be streaming from our New York office later this week. Uh, We're going to be finishing that keyboard and probably playing some other things. Uh, And hopefully hopefully dodging the ramping COVID in New York City. Uh, so, so good luck to us. Uh, all this is made possible. Uh, by the good things are made possible by the people who signed up at waypointplus.com. The exposure to COVID has nothing to do with you, fine folks. Uh, so if you, if, if you enjoy these streams, uh, and if you are intrigued by the sound of this manhunting, uh, podcast, uh, again, you can sign up at Way, waypointplus.com. Uh, we are going to be getting into heat uh later later this month um our theme music is by bowen the tracks miss you off the ep pale machine learn more at waypoint.zone slash boen uh for now we are calling time on when is this going up formally friday probably yeah probably friday uh so yeah we're calling time on this monday uh on this friday we'll talk to you again next week till then fuck capitalism go home
1: later gamers let's listen to ocean Started? Hello. Yes.
0: Oh, <clears throat> my cameras are not. Oh, uh, well, there I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm looking at uh, Well, I was looking at you changing audio settings for a moment. Well,
1: let's listen. <laughs> Sometimes some people have to pull up their audio cable real quick and just turn that sucker on.
0: That's fair. Hello, um, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Kato is sick. We hope Kato and his partner don't have COVID. We think they don't have COVID, but they are sick. There's a lot of shit going around in addition to. Look, COVID going around also means that colds and flus are going around. At oh my god, what are you, you are? What is
1: I'm shot what are you up doing? I'm getting chat up. Let me live, Jesus Christ! I'm
0: just watching re- recursive Patrick like <laughs> dis- displayed seven times on this on the screen while I talk. Nothing, no mind fucky about that. Uh, anyway, so we hopefully that will not completely derail. You know, Rob's supposed to be coming into New York this week. Uh, Rob's not even on this fucking stream so lord knows what he's doing um but we'll figure we'll figure we'll figure it out and you know i'm gonna knock i'm gonna knock on wood there's wood behind here there's studs behind this wall that uh kato uh will be all right and able to to join us for the stream later this week but we thought in lieu of that um we didn't really plan for a podcast, like play any games, have much to talk about. There is this Insomniac stuff and Sony stuff that we should probably touch on uh, before we get into to the mailbag. Um, the shit show that is happening with old Jim Ryan over there. But um... and also here's a question. Is this the start of the podcast? I don't know. Like we, we're recording this, doing it live because we thought it'd be fun to do like a live mailbag. But like, is this going to get cut out? I don't know. So is probably going to do another intro? Is I
1: this, know I get- that I just hit start on the backup.
0: Right. And I, I didn't hit record. Not, on. Okay,
1: okay, it, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, so none of this counts. Hey, everyone. I mean, it counts hey, for everyone. you. Welcome to the secret more- five minutes before the podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, 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 Jack. Come into our kitchen. Watch how Waypoint cooks. Not literally. We, The kitchen setups are really hard to do, Maybe so it'll be a while day. before one, we one do One day it.
0: we'd like you to watch Waypoint cook, but um, it's, it's, it's more. Get in the
1: kitchen. Let's cook. Come on, gamers. Uh, what, did, what
0: did Rob... Rob I- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen